Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. Again, that's Matthew, chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. Uh, Please rise for the reading of God's word. Hear now the word of the Lord. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you will use it, will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. This is the word of the Lord. Hello, good morning, and especially a good morning to our New City brothers and sisters. Thank you so much for joining us, and it's been such an honor to have you. Um, I uh, just had this kind of feeling um, when, we were, when we were singing together earlier, just a sense that, wow, this is really something that we can look forward to in eternity, singing together and worshiping God together. We serve one God, and it'll be such a joy when we look forward to that day and seeing Him and saying, wow, we can worship God together as one family. And it's a joy to have you join us and worship with you. Uh, we're going to turn to the Word now. And please pray with me one more time as we do so. Lord, we especially thank you for our brothers and sisters from New City Kids. And we ask God that you would bless them, that you would feed them, that you would provide for their every need as they do your work. And Lord, at this time, we ask that you would provide for us, all those that are sitting here, listening to be fed by your word. Make us hungry for this heavenly food that it may nourish us today in ways of eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. So we're going through the book of Matthew, and now we're into chapter 7, which is still the Sermon on the Mount, um, or the Good News Proclamation, which is what Jesus said. There's three points today, judge or not judge, speck or plank, dogs or pigs. It's a really interesting passage, especially that last one. You might be reading it and be thinking, what does that have to do with anything? Dogs and pigs, logs and specks, and judges. And so immediately when people see this passage, they think of, don't judge me. Uh, you don't get to judge me. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Don't judge me. But is that really what it's saying? Is that simply it. Because if you just go on to verses 3, 4, 5, and 6, you would think, wait, actually it is about judging. It's about discerning. It's about making judgments. So what is this talking about? And so this is where we teach in this congregation that when we read the Bible, we can't just read things out of context. You just can't pick a verse and say, this is just what I mean, want it to mean. But we read it in the whole passage, in all of its context. And the very verse before, where it says, before it says, judge not, before Jesus says, don't judge, 
the very verse before, it's about anxiety. It's about fear and anxiety. Don't be anxious about tomorrow, because tomorrow will be anxious about itself. And sufficient for the day is its own trouble. An actual word here is evil. Every day has its own evil. So don't be anxious. Why? Because your heavenly Father loves you. Will provide for you. So don't be anxious. And from there we go straight into don't judge. Where does that go in line? How does that make any sense? And I want to say to you as we start, anxiety and judging go hand in hand. Anxiety and judging go hand in hand. Francis Schaeffer has this very famous illustration that he says, let's say you're a baby that's just born. And let's say every baby that's just born gets to put this recording device, an invisible recording device around its neck. And every time, as the baby grows into an adult and beyond, every time this baby or this person would make a moral judgment statement, like, that's just wrong, or I don't agree with that, or that person is definitely going to get punished for that. It doesn't matter if you believe in Jesus. It doesn't matter if you believe in something else or don't believe in anything. Every time we made a moral judgment statement, that recorder would turn on, click, and it would record that statement. And Francis Saver goes on to say, and even if we did that and say, I don't believe in anything, I don't blah, Bible, blah, and things like that, and even if that were the case, when that recorder, when you die and you go to heaven, God, all God has to do is turn on that recorder. And every time you made that moral, every time you made a moral judgment or a statement, it would play back. And God could simply judge you according to the judgments you made. And Francis Schaeffer would say, who can still stand? Wouldn't we all still fail? We all make these judging statements. And if we put those statements to ourselves, we would still fail. And that's why Jesus starts off with, don't judge because by what you judge, you will be judged. The judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So in the sense, judgment, you don't even need the law to judge you or the Bible to judge. Do I follow this law? Do I follow that law? Just by you speaking and living, you're pronouncing judgment. Even the things like, I don't judge anybody. Uh, no judgments here. That's a judging statement because then you just judge people who make judgments. And then you also will be judged according to that judgment. That's a lot of word judgments. But does that mean then? We don't judge at all? Does that mean we don't judge at all? So we could say stuff like, don't judge me. You know? Does that mean we can't play basketball? Because there's a lot of judging going on in basketball. Um, <clears throat> I only say this because I was thinking about this, and then I talked to Andrew before, who's leading the league. I said, what if I... What if I threw in some trash talk? He's like, bring it, Pastor G. <laughs> he was ready. So what if I called you, Andrew, Cinderella? All the time, Cinderella, Cinderella. And Andrew's like, why do you keep on calling me Cinderella? And I would say, because I want to give you glass slippers for your glass ankles. And then he would say, that is so lame. You're a pastor. How can you say things like that? 
and I would say, I have Sunday for confession. No, I wouldn't say that. This is just all hypothetical. Hypothetical. Does that mean we don't judge at all? We don't trash talk? We don't do anything? Out, out, of, out of even fun? Out of fun? Of course not. The answer is no. We are people. We're human beings. And human beings constantly make judgments. We have to make judgments just to live. We have to decide this is good and this is bad all the time. When I take food out of the fridge and I know it's been there for a few days, I make a judgment. Is this food good or is it bad? If I'm thinking the food is telling me don't judge me and I just eat it, I might die, depending on how old that food is. We always make judgments. So what kind of judgments are you making? You know, you make judgments as soon, as soon as you open your eyes. You make a judgment. Should I go to the bathroom or should I look at my phone? Or should I go to the bathroom and then look at my phone? Those are judgment statements. Of course, most of you here are Christians, so you're like, those are not judgments I make. The judgment I make is should I look at the Bible? So those are, <clears throat> I'm sure those are all the questions you're asking. But what does Jesus mean when he says, don't judge. The word judge in Greek is krino. And krino was used in another time. Everybody is familiar with this one passage. It's from the Gospel of John. John chapter 3, verse 16. God sent his son, his only son, into the world. That whoever believes in him will not die or, or shall not die or should not die, depending on the translation you read. You read but will have eternal life. However, there is a second part to that verse where it says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. For God, sent his, uh, for God so loved the world, he sent his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That word condemn is krino. It's judge. It's just translated condemn here. And in the passage we read, it's uh, translated judge there. The word judgment in this context is condemnation. Condemnation. So when I talk about other people, when I make judgments in my life, when I look at you, am I condemning you? Because if I condemn you, Jesus is saying, watch out. Watch out. Because in that same measure that you're condemning people, you're going to be measured up with. And in fact, Jesus himself, these are his very words that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. What does that mean? Does that mean Jesus will never judge? Obviously, that's not true. In Revelation, he comes down second time to judge. But when he comes down and when he's walking on this earth, he's trying to show something. He's showing, remember I said in the beginning, now we have to tie it all together, okay? So if you're paying attention, you're tying all these things together. Anxiety, fear, judging, and all these things. When you tie it together, it's about, and it's talking about, and Jesus is saying, your heavenly father, remember all that? Your heavenly father will provide for you. Look at the birds, uh, and look at the lilies of the field. Your heavenly father will provide for you. Look at what he does for them. What is he going to do for you? So much more. So don't judge. What is that? How does that tie in? Meaning, when I decide, you know what? Jesus' words is right. Jesus' words is right. I trust in him. I trust in my father. 
So when we condemn, it's denigration. So you push down, you step on, you say you have no worth. That's what condemnation is. When you condemn someone, you're like, that person isn't even worth my time. That's condemnation. But trusting in God is realizing that God has elevated you. It's not denigration, but elevation. And trusting in God has everything to do now with how you deal with others. They all tie in together. We talked about this whole time, we talked about how your vertical affects your horizontal. By knowing God, it'll affect how I deal with other people and things of that nature. But trusting in God has everything to do with how you will judge or not judge someone or something. And these next two points have to do now with elevation or denigration, with lifting up or pushing down. And Jesus goes, why do you see the speck? And the word speck, he's using these carpenter illustrations. So why do you see that sawdust in your brother? You know how small sawdust is in your brother's eyes, but don't notice the log or the plank that is in your eye. How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck or sawdust out of your eye when there is a log in your eye, you hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So it's not about, once again, I'm going to say it again, it's not about, oh, I don't judge anybody and walk away. Then you wouldn't even have an instance like this where you're supposed to help your brother out. Right to, own, to do that, that means you need to have some kind of judgment, not condemnation. Then you wouldn't even deal with that person. But what happens is when we trust in God as our Heavenly Father, don't you see how this passage takes on a different light? Because if you don't, if you don't, you seeing a speck in your brother's eye without noticing a log in your own eye is how ridiculous it is when you start judging somebody. If you don't trust in God, when I deal with other people, it's as ridiculous as trying to get a speck or a piece of sawdust out of someone's eye without noticing the log in your own eye. And I want, I want to show you this. Let's say, <clears throat> let's say this, is, this is the speck. The speck in someone's eye, you know, the farther away you get, you get, you know, that distance, um, and then it looks smaller and smaller, even though you know it's this size, it's about three, three and a half inches, right? And so it, the, it gets smaller and smaller. So you notice this tiny thing in someone's eye, but you, do you see that same speck as it gets closer to you, gets bigger and bigger, and this is lodged in your eye? And even if it's not even a log, even if it's a speck, how are you seeing correctly? You can't see correctly. Anything in your eye, you can't see correctly. Correctly, But the ridiculousness is if you don't get your priorities straight, if you don't trust in God, it's like walking around with not just a speck, but a huge log, trying to think, and I can help people. I'm going to do this and do that. You can't even see clearly. It's a ridiculous statement to show how ridiculous it is if I don't get my priorities right. My priority to make it right is all in context. The context is know that your heavenly father loves you. He will take care of you. Trust in him. Trust in him. And when I start trusting in God, you see my priorities start to change. My worship starts to change. The reason why I sing, 
starts to change. The reason why we hold this worship service starts to change. And it takes on a different light. Because if you don't, it's like walking around big, with a big log in your eye. Imagine there was this big log in my eye. I was, I'm not going to take this up, but imagine something big as this. was in my eye and I'm walking around, I'm just hitting everything, tripping over everything. That's how ridiculous that picture is. Priorities. So you take out the log in your eye so that you can help take out sawdust in your brother's eye. When you realize that your heavenly father has validated and elevated your worth, you're free to help others. Do you see that? When I realize that Jesus has given me my true worth in Jesus Christ, I actually have worth. I see that there is an image of God in me, and I see that, I recognize that. It's not just textbook stuff that you hear from your pastor every Sunday. I actually realize that there is the image of God in me. There's creativity in me. There's song in me. There's art in me. There's expression in me. And I realize and I start living it out. Don't you see that effect? how I deal with and manage and also relate to other people. It's in love. So when I deal with someone's speck, isn't it now not out of condemnation, but out of elevation? I truly care for my brother. That's why I'm like, whoa, that must hurt. Let me get it out. And then you open, open their eyes and then you, you blow, get that dust out. It's because you care about that person. If you don't do this, if you don't realize this, then it's as ridiculous as saying you take out someone's speck and there's a big log stuck in yours. We're going to go to this last part. Dogs or pigs. This is actually, if you thought speck and log was a little ridiculous, dogs and pigs is like, what is that about? And what does that have anything to do with this passage? I assure you, it has everything to do with the passage. And it's so exciting. What Jesus is saying is so amazing and beautiful. And I hope that we really get into that. Get into the nitty-gritty. Dive into the word. Do not give dogs what is holy. And do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. <clears throat> when you think about what is holy. Remember, we're talking about context when people back then thought what was holy, they would think of truth. What's holy? Truth is holy. God's word or his law, that's holy. When you thought about pearls, you thought about treasure or wisdom. Even now we have a saying, pearls of wisdom and things of that nature. So what about dogs and what about pigs? What about holy things and what about pearls? What does this have to do with anything, especially judging or specks or sawdust? Back in the day when Jesus was speaking, dogs were domesticated. So when, when we see the picture of dogs, I don't want you to uh, picture your chihuahua. I, I met a very cute chihuahua the other day. Very cute. Very needy for attention, but very cute. But that's not the picture that we're supposed to see here. Dogs are domesticated. They've been domesticated for as far as we know. But they helped out for herding purposes, like herding sheep and things like that. But they weren't house animals like we had now. And so they would roam around the city in packs and they would either scavenge or eat what people threw at them. So you would throw or give dogs food to eat. 
and they would just roam around the city. So when you throw something to a dog, when you turn to a pack of dog, let's say, and then you have something to throw, what are they going to expect? They're going to expect that you give them food. And so what if you don't throw them food? Why would you do that? You might be thinking, why would you not throw them what they're expecting? So that's the kind of picture that you see here. Don't give dogs what is holy. Don't throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. I really want you to engage your mind here and your spirit. So <clears throat> how does this have anything to do with judging and loving? Recently, I was speaking to someone here. Recently, I've been listening to a lot of Chopin music. And especially this one piece, uh, I think I listened to it over maybe 30 times. You know, I'm not going to play it for you. I'm just kidding. I, w I wouldn't even be close to playing it for you, but it's a, it's a nocturne piece that he wrote. It was, it was 72nd opus. I think it's his 12th nocturne, but it was nocturne E minor. And I, was just, I just listened to it, and it's this minor song, and it starts minor, but there's this major movement that just peaks in in the middle somewhere. It goes from the six, and then it feels like seven, but it goes to a major. And then once the major goes, you see this peak of almost like a peak of grace, and then it goes back to the minor, and it's a strong minor. Nocturne means night, so you can think of the night. And then at the end, he finishes off with the major. It's a beautiful piece, and I've been listening to it over and over again. And <clears throat> uh, I, I was just thinking, that's like my life. It's, it's most people's life. Um, there's a lot of hard stuff in life, right? And then every once in a while, grace pops up, and life becomes really beautiful. And then it becomes hard again. <laughs> anyway, but uh, so I, I do like that piece. Um, what if I thought this beautiful piece of music, this is such a beautiful piece of music to me, and I said, wow, this is so good. Chopin, you know, I, I just, I love it. And then what I do is I tackle you down to the floor, put on headphones, and jam it up to like 11, make you listen to it. Listen to this, no, 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 you know, listen to it. Would you appreciate that, or would you be traumatized for life? And every time someone said the word Chopin, you'd be like, oh, you know, Pastor Jesus is going to tackle me and force me to listen to this terrible thing. How would I show you that this piece is truly beautiful? How could I possibly show you that? Wouldn't I elevate the piece, though? Wouldn't I talk about it, like, needlessly during a sermon, perhaps, and share, like, the, the menial things of why it was special to you or explain to you why it was so beautiful, Nocturne E minor, 72nd open, right? and then so I would share that with you and elevate to the piece to where I believe it belonged, right? It belongs into this elevated place. And then once you have ears that are willing to hear, wouldn't you then listen to it? Isn't that, if I truly love you, let's say I love Junsuk so much, I love you so much, and I want to share this with you. It's so important to me, this piece. Tackling him and forcing him to listen to it won't do him any good. But if I elevate it and he looks at me in my life and sees how beautiful it is for me in my life, wouldn't he then at least peak interest? Isn't that the most loving thing I could do for Chun Sook if I loved him so much to show him that this is so good? But this is just a musical piece, guys. 
I'm talking about what is holy. Or Jesus is talking about what is holy. What is a treasure or a pearl? What are we talking about here? Jesus is talking about God's truth and his wisdom, the treasure of God. If I truly love somebody, you don't force it down somebody, but you elevate it to the place where you belong. That's why the service, we try to make it as beautiful as possible to show how much we love God, yes, but how beautiful God really is. God truly is beautiful. And if you read this verse and you think, ha-ha, you're a dog and a pig and you don't deserve this, this Bible truth, then aren't you still the one with the plank in your eye, the log in your eye? If I truly love somebody, how would I share what is the most beautiful thing that I've ever been exposed to? And the only way we were able to see it was because God opened our eyes. He didn't come in a thunderous, raging roar and a fire and saying, you better believe, Chun Sok. And you're like, oh, I believe. Didn't he come with quiet kindness and rend his heart so that his heart was compelled to confess you're God, and I'm not. And didn't the beauty of Christ become elevated in his life? So I think there's deep wisdom here that we have to get, if, if I truly want to know. But this all has to do with judging and loving. Do I condemn or do I lift up? What kind of person are you? And I will tell you, the kind of person you are is if you get this, is God your heavenly father? Are you secure in his love? Are you? That's a very, very important question. Because if you don't feel like you're secure, and you got to make that grind, everything is anxious about you. Like, how am I going to pay the bills? I, and I, I said this last week, that's a real, real fear that people have. How are my kids going to get raised? How am I going to pay for college? How am I going to have a family? When am I going to get married? What is all the, and all these things happen. Then what happens? Anxiety builds. Fear builds. But how do I deal with other people? It's in that same fear and anxiety. And that judgment just comes out. But when I am secure in God's love, then it starts to change. The way I see starts to change. You see, what the Holy Spirit is doing in you now is making you reborn in the Spirit so that you can see spiritual things. In 1 Corinthians, Paul writes, natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for they are folly. They're just foolishness. It's like we were dogs too and if you threw anything at us, we would just balk at it. And reject it, trample it, and have huge, huge hatred for the person that he would even try to give us this. Don't tell me about your religion. But then what happened was our mind was changed. We were able to discern because the Spirit of God revived us. 
and we become a spiritual person. And at the end of that passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul says, we now have the mind of Christ. You see, even before this whole passage, Jesus goes, I have not come to abolish the law, but fulfill it. He elevated the word of God to its rightful place. Jesus didn't go, you don't need to do this. Don't worry about this. I'm going to forgive you anyway. He elevated the law to its rightful place. I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. He lived perfectly. He elevated it to its rightful place, but the world condemned him for it. The irony is that Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but save the world through him. But in John chapter 1, verse 10, it says, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. And the world condemned him to death. I'm going to put this last verse up for you as we close. This is from 1 John chapter 4, verse 13 to 21. And I hope this ties in everything that we've been talking about, or that I've been talking about together. It says, by this... We know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. And if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Amen. All this, I hope, ties in together. And if you really meditate on this passage, you'll see it has everything to do with Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. The reason why Jesus starts off with don't condemn, to learn to take the speck out of your brother's eye, to elevate what needs to be elevated, is because now that we have this understanding that God loves us, we also ought and must love others. And this is why when we have groups that come in and share their love for the community, that teach underprivileged children, students, get them into college the best they can, love on them. But most importantly, I, I love how that first C was Christ. The most important thing is elevated to the top. We show them that we do love them. We care for them. And if you love God, you will see this goes hand in hand together. Brothers and sisters, this passage is about love. It's so that you can love one another because God is going to build his church. 
if there is a way in you where you have been condemning others, then listen to his words. Jesus says, you hypocrite. Get the first things first. Get the right things right. Get the log out of your eye, meaning confess, repent, say, I've done wrong. I've started condemning people. I've been talking behind their back. I know I talked a little bit about Andrew, but that's trash talk. That's cool. But smack talk is when, I, when he's not in the room and I just talk about. So a lot of times we've been talking smack about other people and we think that's okay. That is not cool. We're condemning them. We're denigrating their worth. We're saying you're worthless. That's not what God does. And that's not what his children do either. We love each other. We give up ourselves for each other. And we see Jesus Christ as the example to follow. What did he do? What did he do? What kind of life did he live? What kind of death did he die? That's who we follow. Let's pray.